0: For reading that text, that's a... Some may think, well, that's quite a downer text. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, see, the thing is that uh, the Scriptures and God, they don't draw back from the truth. This is the truth. See, you know, and so the, the truth is always good. Uh, it, if, it, if it touches a part of you that um, it's a little sensitive, just submit to the truth, You just do it because uh, that's, that's the way of life, right? God is truth. He's the God of truth. And so this is the truth without faith. It is impossible to please God. There's not any way to make it any plainer. Uh, So if God is the one that gives faith, okay, and, and you don't have it. See, this is the thing. Why wouldn't God give somebody faith? Why wouldn't somebody that had faith not use it and believe? See, that the, God is managing salvation. You say, well, 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 no, wait a minute. It's not fair. Some people have said it's not fair. So they, they turn to judge God instead of just believe the record that he gave of his son. So see, this, these are all critical issues. Without faith, it is impossible. So you can't, you can't, there's anything you could do. To make God love you anymore there's anything that you could do to make God love you anymore see all these phrases men have concocted to try to make you understand something that's not true he says without faith it is impossible to please God okay now what would your conclusion be then with faith it is possible is right. see that if you have faith if you've obtained like precious faith. Think of this amazing fact. You can live a life that's pleasing to God. In other words, God will accept you. So this is is, on the surface. It may seem quite negative, but actually it is a great positive aspect about God. God will not let unfaithful people in glory. He won't. Now for me, that's a great blessing. You've had to live here in this world with, with, the, with some of the sons of Satan, right? Do you want to spend eternity no. in, this, in that environment where it's always, always corrupted, always tossed and turned about, waves of the sea? There's not going to be no more of that. God's, God's a, he's drawing a line in the sand, speaking as a man. He's saying, if you got faith and you live by faith, I'll accept you. I'll be pleased with you. If you don't, there isn't anything you can do that's going to change God's mind on this. You can't please Him unless you believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now, see, this This really clears it up, doesn't it? Now, see, it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And to say, "Amen, I, that's great." Well, how about number six? Are you pleasing to God? Are you believing? Do you believe that He is? Uh, just just bring it down to earth. Like tomorrow, you know, when you, whatever you're doing, are you doing it in full consciousness that God's with me? He He is. There isn't any place that God isn't. He is. See, th- this sober[s] you up, and see if you do the right thing, you can look forward to a reward. God rewards people that trust Him, believe in Him, live for Him. You don't do it for nothing. God's going to give you eternal life. Of course, that you're going to be with Him. That's the greatest reward. The greatest reward is that you're going to live with Him. You're His inheritance. Jesus is your inheritance. Look at this. We're going to be a part of something that, well, we can't even comprehend it all right now. Faith. The nature of faith's already been described for us. Faith is the substance. In, in fact, it is the substance. It's not like the substance. It's not like you know, we like to make a lot of analogies like it's like this. Faith is the substance. If you got faith, you've got it. It, it it isn't going to come to you it's the substance it's a reality you're walking in the, in the complete reality of of who God is now without that see, there there's shadows people say well there's I'm not I'm not as as faithful as I know I should be what does that mean without faith it's impossible to please why well, I, I do it sometimes i go to church and i you know i i try to do my best well, that all may sound good, but see, faith, knowing that God is, and living for God is, is well, see, the, the, we've been called into a fellowship, not just a, a, a mental assent. Like, I know that God is. Well, how do you know? Well, you, you're going to prove to me that you know it by doing the works of God, by submitting to Him. Because when a person really knows God, see, that it will change the way that they live, change the way that they think. This, this is um, God just doesn't like isn't an appendage to your person. If you know God, see, he, he will fully consume your person. Everything that God's promised to those who love Him is accessible in a first fruit capacity by faith. Everything that God's promised you, everything he's promised the saints, everything that he's promised to do, God's not going to draw back from any of them. He's going to do all of his promises. The question is whether or not we're going to participate in that. Whether or not we're going to be benefited by it. By faith. The exercise of faith always brings satisfaction to the one who has used it and to God. Isn't that great? You use your faith, you trust in God, and he's, he's satisfied. See, that's another, another way of saying he's pleased with you. He's satisfied. In other words, he'll, he, 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 will, he will receive what you've done. That's a, he, God's not going to receive everything everyone's done. That's for sure. Everything that God's promised. He's promised a lot of things. A lot of things. I mean, the scriptures are full of promises. God's a promise maker. He makes promises so he can keep them. God doesn't draw back from any of his promises. Men, they can draw back. But remember in Hebrews 10, if they do draw back, he says, my soul will have no pleasure in them. You draw back. In other words, you've seen something about God. God showed you something about himself. And it's caused you to step back. Like, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me I, I have to love you first before my wife? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what God's saying. You got to love me first. And when you do, he'll receive you. See, that God's serious about his promises. He's made another promise. He's going to give you everlasting, eternal life. Forever you'll dwell with him in his presence. Well, isn't that worth everything? Everything you could possibly imagine here that's temporal. Of course, now we have to be persuaded that it's temporal, right? But see, faith will persuade you that this life isn't the only one. It did Abraham, right? He looked for a city. with had a foundation whose builder and maker is God. Why? Because he had faith. That's what faith will do. It's a substance. Abraham knew there's got to be more than this. Why? Because he had faith. You can't explain it to somebody. When you experience faith, then you know this is God's good. Look what he's done. He's made it known through faith. The Apostle Thomas was rebuked by the Lord because he doubted, right? Now, this is what he said. This is what Jesus said to Thomas. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, and behold my hand, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. At all costs, don't doubt when the Lord says something, when the Lord does something. The last thing you want to do is doubt it. And say, well, I mean, you can say, I don't understand all of that, okay? Now actually, when you get right down to it, it's not a, a requirement of salvation for you to understand every word in the scripture, but it is a requirement for you to believe it. Yeah. You, we believe the record that God's given of a son. And then in that belief, as you walk with the Lord, he'll open up. Right. He'll open up things. He'll, he, you'll never get bored living for Jesus. The person thinks it's boring, that's because they're not living for Jesus. Because when you live for Jesus, it's, it's glory the whole way. Amen. The whole way to heaven. The Lord does not excuse unbelief in anyone. I don't care who it is. You know, Thomas has become a, a famous person to bring up when talking about doubt. Or he did doubt. And actually, I guess you could conclude his doubting was worse than others because it, he was doubting the apostles, right? Right? But see doubt is doubt, faithlessness is faithlessness, and so the Lord's held him up, but see, he also said something else, right? This was his reply, and Thomas answered and said, "My Lord and my God, he saw I shouldn't have done that. now see isn't isn't that really what what the Lord's doing we don't understand everything as we ought. That's just the truth. We understand a measure. There's so much more. To and as you're, as you're diligent, you're pressing in. If there is something wrong, the Lord will make it known. And that's the kind of response I want to have. I want to have a kind of response. What you say, Lord, that, that's good. You know, and if it's a rebuke, receive it. Now, you know, really... If you want to get right down to it, all of the apostles doubted. Every one of them did. That's either, they had gone through something, we would call it traumatic. It's a traumatic event. Christ had been with them for three years, and then he's taken away. And they—and the two on the road to a they said, we thought he was the one. Okay, so they doubted, right? They thought he was the one, but all of a sudden they were cast into an arena that they were not prepared for in their minds. Like what happened? They're walking and they're discussing the tragedies. And back at at, at the, the 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 apostles they're they're back in their they're in a room on the, on, the, on, on the first day of the week, remember? And they're they're gathered together they're fearing the Jews, and, and probably on the surface it was for a good cause. Three days earlier, they just took Jesus and crucified him and, and murdered him. So they're, they're holding out. And what happens? Some women come in the morning, some women come, and they say, We've seen him. We've seen him. We talked to him. And they give them the testimony. And when they say, Oh, it sounds like idle tales. They did not believe him. Right? Now I'm talking about the best of men here. The best of men. The ones that spent three years with Jesus. They didn't believe the women. A little bit later. In the evening. Remember Cleopas and his companion. They came back and they told them what happened. When he was made known in the breaking of bread. And they said. "Eh." They didn't believe. That's what it says. They didn't believe. And when Jesus shows up, while they were talking about that, Jesus shows up and he rebuked them. He rebuked them. Why? Because they needed to be rebuked. Jesus is faithful. But after the day of Pentecost come, after it was fully come, and that Holy Spirit moved inside, you never read anything like this again in the whole of all of Scripture. Well, they didn't trust and believe and press in. Yes, Why? Because see, until until the Holy Spirit and activate your faith in this new and living way, things are hard to understand. See, this has helped me, this whole thinking has helped me. See, people that are outside, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. God's long suffering, He's merciful. So as, as we're called to encounter them, we can too. So we can give them what we know they need. And that's the gospel. What Jesus has done, what God's done in Christ Jesus, taken away sin and made an opportunity for us to come up higher. We can Our faith can be the, the best part of our person. We trust God above everything else. And what will happen? God will be satisfied just like he that, Jesus didn't come and say, you didn't believe and destroy him. <laughs> he came and he lifted him up out of that. Then Thomas, see, Thomas wasn't with them that the one time he breathed on him. Yes, right? Now, whatever reason, I, I don't know. It's probably legitimate. He had to go do something. But he didn't get that blessing. I can remember. I can remember. Sermon, I hear in sermons about this, that no matter what the reason was, he still didn't get something that he could have had if he would have been at the meeting. Now, see, that, that, that first day of the week, that wasn't a sanctified day yet, right? The Lord had raised from the dead. The Lord was going to sanctify it by appearing unto him, by raising from the dead. But see, that, that day to them was just a day after the Sabbath day. But see, it wouldn't be that way anymore. He brought in a new and a living way, and they stopped. They didn't meet on the Sabbath day. They met on the first day of the week with the saints, right? You see how Jesus is? He sanctified everything. He sanctified that day. So anyway, the point is, they were brought out of unbelief and in to a greater degree of faith to where they could trust in God. They could rely on God. After the day of Pentecost, they they, they didn't do things like this. They trusted. They went out and they did what God told them to do and they were effective. God was pleased with them. Peter spoke these words on the day of Pentecost. I want to make a point of this. Unbelief is not a condition that God will tolerate. Either it's going to change or He's going to judge it. Now in what we've witnessed here with with, uh, Jesus showing up uh, with the the twelve or eleven well, we witnessed this, His mercy in bringing them up out of that. Why? Because God wouldn't tolerate that, that situation. It, it could not be tolerated. Jesus didn't say, "Oh, I understand. I understand you're, you're grieving because they were grieving. Jesus had been killed and right in front of them, and they didn't understand it. What did Jesus do? He showed up, He showed them, "Look at my, don't, don't be doubting!" Have faith, believe. Why? Because that brought them up out of that to where God, God would, would be pleased with them and they would go out and do the things that God's going to send them. He's getting them ready, in other words. That's the same thing he's doing with us, right? He's getting us ready. Whatever battles you're going you're gonna to have to engage this week, you're going to have to have faith in order to please God in whatever, whatever you're, you're going to do. You know, all of us, we find ourselves in different circumstances at different times. But if you have faith, you're more than a conqueror. You're up to the challenge because God's with you. God's in you. And uh, you can glorify God in it. Unbelief. Uh, The scriptures are very clear on this. Jesus said this is what Jesus said now. I don't want to make a strong point about this because this is so serious. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Remember we're talking about unbelief now. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Woe to the person that says anything different about that. Anything. This is a challenge. People, we have said a lot of things about this verse right here. And they'll come out away from it and they'll say, well, you know, baptism is not really essential for salvation. What did they just say? They just called Jesus a liar. Now, I don't know if they, I don't know if they are, they didn't set out to do that, maybe. Maybe they think, I'm just going to clarify this text. I don't know that this text can be clarified. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So now, should anybody say, well, all you really have to do is believe. And if you believe, that's okay. You don't sell salvation doesn't hinge on baptism What did they just do they just called Jesus a liar? Well, I don't want to do that When men who profess to believe in the Lord Say baptism is not required to save you Should we even imagine that God's going to excuse that? This is where we live brother This is where we live we live in a world or they have modified the text. Why? Because when you modify it, it ceases to be the word of God, and now it becomes more palatable. Now I can look pretty important. Look, I understand the text. Peter spoke these words on the day of Pentecost. Now I'm going to nail this down because this is important. Then Peter said unto them, "Repent and be baptized." every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, remember, Peter, he's an apostle of the Lamb of God. God's given him understanding in these areas. This is the day of Pentecost. Remember, this was, he was standing, he was addressing the Jews that were saying they're drunk. At some point in time during his sermon, they say, Whoa, what must we do? They realized they had to do something. They couldn't stay like they were. Peter said, repent every one of you and be baptized for the, for the remission of sins. <laughs> I, I, I just love that. See, he says, he adds this little bonus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy spirit. Just like you're seeing, just like you're, you're witnessing this. The Holy Spirit's come. Praise God. We have the Holy Spirit now. Amen. We can know him in a way that no man ever could know him. The Spirit isn't on the outside. It's moved in. And now it can lead you. It can control. It can give you insight. When you, when you say, well, what am I going to do in this situation? You got the Holy Spirit living in you. This is profound stuff. Woe to those who teach that baptism is merely a tradition. They're gonna to have to encounter Peter. Peter's gonna tell them, I told you. I gave you, I gave you a word on this. They're gonna to have to encounter Jesus. Jesus said, Did you ignore my word? Did you not believe what I said? What is that? It's unbelief, is what it is. Let's just call it what it is. It's, it's having a faithless view of the scriptures. What do we have to do? We have to believe every word of God. It's, it's given to us for our edification that will be built up. Now, if we start discounting baptism, what's the next thing down the road we're going to discount? John the Baptist gave this testimony concerning unbelief. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son, if you don't believe Jesus, you shall not see life. Now, this is all going to be corrected at the judgment. I think we know this. All this is going to be brought out. All the motives are going to be brought out. We don't have to judge people. Now, in fact, we're called not to judge one another. But see, God's not going to let this go. Men have created doctrines, they're called doctrines of demons. And in other words, they take away anything that would lead you into the paths of salvation. They, they try their best to corrupt it to where all of a sudden you're off in Disneyland thinking, This is the will of God for me. He that believeth on the Son hath life, he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Well, how how important is that? That we don't enter into this kind of a thing. Anyway, we're not required to understand everything. But see, these words have been written that we might believe. So how are you going to believe if you don't believe the record that God's given of his son? What kind of faith will you end up having if you twist everything or if somebody twists everything? Well, God's told us this for a reason. This is very important. So I I wanted to make a point of that. If the Holy Spirit has been given so we might understand the things that are freely ours, well, then by all means... Let's enjoy the things that are freely ours in Christ. See, that's what they've been given for, so that we might understand. And in understanding, we can walk by faith. Now, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Isn't that great? In other words, the very thing that God's given you, He expects you to live in and to walk in, and you can live by faith. By faith in what? In the Son of God. But if any man draw back, my soul have no pleasure in him. Now that's a serious condition to be in. I think everyone knows that. And and that this message isn't just going to be on the negative side of it. But there is a negative side to unbelieving. And it's one that we need to be aware of. But there is, praise God, a positive side to believing. And and we're going to get to that. There's really no way to dress up and make drawing back from God pretty. There's just no way. You can't really just like I'm going to I'll say it today in such a way that it won't be as offensive. No, there's just no way of saying it. God said it the way he wants it said. Yeah. I won't have any pleasure in somebody that does that. What, what does he mean by drawing back? Well, look, if, if you twist the scriptures to your, you're doing it to your own destruction. That's what he draw back from God. He's he said us the word. We have the word of God here. God sent the word and he became flesh and he laid down his life for us and now the Holy Spirit's living inside of us so that we could understand what happened. Salvation is something that needs to be understood and things that get in the way of that, false doctrine, doctrines of demons, things that get in the way of you understanding and fellowshipping with Christ, these are dangerous things. They never lead into a good a, a good path. See, that's the thing. is When someone teaches something that's really not true, it, it leads you away from the truth, not to, to understand the truth. A faithless generation. Well, I, I'm sorry to have to announce this, but we're living in a faithless generation. I mean, uh, this, you could liken this unto Noah's generation. We're living in a time when, when men have drawn back from just preaching the whole counsel of God just on this one subject of baptism. Why isn't just everybody, it's clear in the scriptures, why isn't everybody teaching the same thing? Why? Because they don't believe it. That's why. Something's, an enemy's done this. He's sowed tares among the wheat and it's all of a sudden, there's all these different ways you can believe. There's only one way and that's God's way. Faithless generation is one that refuses to order their lives after the revelation of God. God's given us a record, and he expects us to live according to it. Why? Because this is the path of life. You submit to God, and you live by his word, and in the end, you'll have everlasting life. This is what's really going to happen. So now if I decide, well, you know, I don't really think that that's necessary. Oh, that's a dangerous thing. Unbelief has got in somehow in the house and it's going to lead hits you to destruction if it's not arrested now the good news is that God's on the initiative to bring us out of that just like he did with Thomas just like he did with the apostles if we just stick with God and trust him and say I, I want all this stuff purged out God I want it all gone he'll do it praise God Amen. he's God we're not it is the spirit to quicken it. The flesh profiteth nothing. Now, if you go to the Scriptures with, with just your mere understanding, just your flesh and blood understanding with your mind on your... You're not going to get what you're going to get if you come in the power of the Spirit. To where you you want to know what you want. In other words, I want to know what it says in the Scriptures so I can obey it. Not just so I have more information. It's the Spirit that quickeneth. The words that I speak to you, Jesus, Jesus, talking now. The words that I speak to you, their spirit and their life. But there are some of you that believe not. Now, wait a minute, Jesus, you were doing so well, you were speaking so perfect, and now you've you've distracted us with this negativity. You've distracted us, Jesus. My mind, you're telling me that some people don't believe. Oh, that's what it says. There are some of you that don't believe, and for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, "Therefore I said unto you, no man can come to me except that were given him of my Father." By that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And Jesus said, "Oh no, no, that isn't what Jesus said at all. Jesus isn't alarmed when people walk out the door. Jesus isn't alarmed. This is the truth, brethren." Jesus knows what he's doing. And see, when we submit to him, he'll help us to know what we're doing. It's the truth. It's his spirit. Then said Jesus unto the 12, will you go away also? That's the question, isn't it? It isn't what, any, what other people are doing. This isn't really isn't the main point. It's that as the truth impacted your heart to the point to where you'll say, I will not leave you. I'll stay with you, Jesus. I won't. No matter what happens, no matter what, what trouble comes your way, you say, no, I'm not. I'm not leaving you. Yes. I'm staying with you. you. Say, well, wait a minute. They're after you. They're going to kill you. I don't care about that. They can kill my body, but they can't hurt me. Yes. If you stick with Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, he's asking this question of all of us. Will you leave? And believe me, there'll be circumstances coming in your life for what it'll look like. I can't take this anymore. Just keep pressing in. Yes. Keep trusting God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But praise God with faith, we can do it. We can do it. We can be pleasing to God. How much would you give for that? He that comes to God must believe. Oh, I'm, God doesn't receive anybody who doesn't believe. It just doesn't happen. But He gives us specifics here, and it's good. You must believe that He is. Now, the rest of the the entire chapter of Hebrews is it, say, "What? Why is this verse where it's at?" He He's going to show you something, and the rest of the ch- Hebrews chapter eleven, He's going to show you what it looks like to be one who believes. That he is. That's right. All these, these instances and in these brethren, every, choices that they made, it proved that they believe that God is. We need these examples. We need these examples, brother. God's given them to us so we can read about it, but you can find yourself in the book Hebrews 11. You can find yourself in there. Why? Yeah. Well, that's if you're living by faith. Yes. You can find yourself. God is, and the good, the good news, he's a rewarder. <laughs> now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. Now, what did Abraham have to do in order to receive it? What did he have to do? Yes? He had to believe that God is. That's the first thing he had to do. You say, well, where would that noise come from? I don't know. It's, I, heard, I heard some words. I know it's just—it's just me. It's just my imagination. I'm not leaving my country. I'm established here. Is that what Abraham did? No. He believed that God is. He believes he. God spoke to him, right? He told him, "You leave your country. You go on to a land that I'll—I'll I'll show you later." and I'll make of you a great nation. What happened? Abraham believed the Lord. Oh. He saw, he would see that God is a rewarder. Now, God promised something, but see, Abraham hadn't seen the fulfillment of that promise, but he went out, not knowing where he was going to go. Oh. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went out with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Was God pleased with Abraham's faith? Well, yes. This is what he said. After these things, this is in Genesis 15:1. Now this has been some times past. After these things, the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. Oh, what would you give for a shield like that? I am thy shield. Nothing can touch you, Abraham. I'm the one that's protecting you, Abraham. And thy exceeding great reward. Brother, Jesus has died in order that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In In other words, that we might become the bride of Christ. That God would have a habitation and nothing, there isn't anything that can stand in the way of that happening. That is, it's gonna happen. Jesus is gonna return. He's gonna gather the elect, and, and, and so shall they ever be with the Lord. God's gonna move into the house. Question is, is, was that reality move you to lay down your life in order to inherit eternal life? Well, all this living by faith, this is what they, they're willing to do this. Faith does have effects. It affects everything you do, everything you think. Everywhere. It affects everything. Faith is the substance. So what should we say to these things, brethren? We are not of them. We are not of them who draw back. We're in an environment where people are drawing back. All Just, 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 just right now. You know, I would say that right now, like right now, like every, all the time, every place, every day, you're going to have to reaffirm this. I'm not of them who draw back there. They may be drawn back, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. What is that? That's faith talking. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I won't draw back under, produce, but I want this is this is your aspiration. If you're in Christ, you, you, you want to please God. We're of them that believe. To the saving of the soul, there is therefore now no condemnation which, in which are during Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Jesus has come and He's taken away sin, and those who believe the record, they'll stand with Him in, with, in white. Because why? For they are worthy. Well, Paul constantly reminded the churches to walk worthy. Right? See, He's given you all the resources you need. He's given you faith. Now, what's he asking you to do? Walk worthy. Oh, worthy in Ephesians 4.1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. I'm begging you because he knows what's going to happen if you don't walk worthy. I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. We would say calling wherewith you are called. You've been called to something that's great way up here. Stop living down here. Stop living below your means, you know, Bill Gates, you know, can you imagine him going to the store and buying, you know, just a trinket, something little? Well, you know, see, well, I'm going to, I'm going to paint my 19, you know, 80 car. I'll just give it a paint job. He's got billions and billions of dollars. He could go out and buy a brand new car, wouldn't be nothing. You see what I'm saying? We would say, well, he's living kind of below his means, right? Most Americans are living way, way above their means. You know, they owe owe thousands of dollars more than they could ever make. But see, in Christ, you've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's calling us by faith to take hold on that. Don't let it go. It's yours if you just live by faith. That you might work, this is Colossians 1:10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Jesus has to do with what you do, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. First Thessalonians 2:12 says that you would walk worthy of God. Can you walk worthy of God? Can you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be humble? No, I don't think we could ever walk worthy of God. God's put you in Christ. You can walk worthy of God. Why? How? By faith. That's how it is. It's not by works of righteousness that we've done. It's his works. We're in him. And he's given us grace that we might have faith and trust in him and do the work. Some suggest that the apostles was merely trying to inspire them to do better. You know, if you heard a lot of messages like this, you, you can do better. But the problem is, is that if you're just talking about me separate from Christ, I never could do better. But God put me in the worker, right? He put us in Christ where we can do the works of righteousness. This this is just the truth. Okay? Walk worthy of God. Thou had... This is what Jesus said now. I'm just going to believe Jesus on this. Revelation 3, 4. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis. Even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The word worthy in this text means deserving. And and it even is almost like draws attention to them. Draws attention to them. See, they're worthy. Why? Because they're trusting in God. Their, Their faith is in God, not in what they do, not in what their own self. It's in God. And it's moved them to even in a hard Situation when everybody else is turning away, they stand, and he says they're worthy to obtain everlasting life. This is what um, Revelation 7:14 says. We're talking about reward now. God's a rewarder, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me. What are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sure thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they that came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For they are worthy. They're worthy. Why? Because they believe. That's why. Now, it's one thing to, to, um, to have the record, and to have all the things that Christ has promised us, Right at your disposal. You pick up this book, and you cover to cover. It's promises of God that He's going to do. He's going to keep you. He's going to make you whole. It's one thing to have it; it's another thing to, to have it here. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and that He's He's going to give me the resources I need to stand in the day of trouble. That see, this is when it becomes yours. And when you live by it, when you press in, put your hand to the plow, God's saying from the other side, he's worthy. You say, well, we should be more humble. God said he's worthy. And I just believe that. God is saving all those who believe. And someday the faith that has kept you from falling will be found to have praise from God. God is not going to just push you off into a corner of heaven, this, if there is such a thing. He's not. He's going to highly, he's going to be exalted, glorified with Christ. Now that's a reward, brother. That's a reward, and he's holding it out to everyone that believes. Everyone who walks by faith has this guaranteed end. God will be pleased with you. Praise God. Amen.